0: Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, in celebration of Black History Month, Andrew is joined by David and Tim Barton as they discuss the numerous black heroes of America.
1: History is a lot more diverse than we realize. It's just that we don't know the stories and the diversity of our history. See, we we give dates, names, and places today.
2: We don't give stories and people. We don't tell the stories.
0: And now, here's Andrew.
3: Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. And today, I've got a really special broadcast. Matter of fact, for the next two weeks, I'm going to be interviewing David Barton and his son, Tim, and they're with us ministering in school. And we're going to be talking about Black History Month, and so February is Black History Month, and we've got a lot to share. And I tell you, I was at their place, and you're in, your end, where is it? Alledo, Texas. Alito, Texas. It's so small, nobody knows the name. So it's Aledo, I was Texas. there in January of, what was it? 2019, I guess. And um, I went through their uh, museum, and it was wonderful. And anyway, when, when I left, I forgot what the conversation was, but you gave me a two-CD uh, set ON AMERICAN HISTORY IN BLACK AND WHITE. AND ON THE WAY BACK FROM TEXAS TO HERE, I LISTENED TO THAT WHOLE THING THREE TIMES IN ONE DAY. IT WAS AWESOME. AND I SAID, I NEED TO HAVE THE BARTONS ON TO DISCUSS THIS BECAUSE YOU GUYS HAVE FORGOTTEN MORE ABOUT BLACK AMERICAN HISTORY THAN MOST PEOPLE HAVE EVER KNOWN. SO ANYWAY, THAT'S THE BACKGROUND, AND WE ARE GOING TO START THIS. FOR THOSE OF YOU THAT DON'T KNOW DAVID AND TIM, uh, it's father-son te- team, and they have wall bu- wall builders organization there in Alito, Texas. And uh, one of the news organizations uh, described David as America's historian. Time magazine called him a hero to millions, including some powerful politicians. You've been on, I guess, all of the news broadcasts. You've testified in front of uh, the Supreme Court. And anyway, my point in bringing all this up is to say he knows what he's talking about, and. THEY HAVE SO MUCH MATERIAL. I THINK, IF I'M NOT MISTAKEN, YOU HAVE THE LARGEST PRIVATE COLLECTION OF AMERICAN DOCUMENTS IN THE NATION, DON'T YOU?
2: CONSIDERED PROBABLY THE LARGEST COLLECTION OF FOUNDING ERA DOCUMENTS. SO, SO MUCH OF WHAT WE HAVE IS IN THE FOUNDING ERA THAT GOES UP IN THE EARLY 1800S. BUT WE HAVE A TON, TOO, FROM CIVIL WAR AND WORLD WAR II AND EVERY OTHER PERIOD. But. We we probably have more than a hundred thousand from before eighteen twelve.
3: That's amazing. And I went through your museum and it is phenomenal what you guys have got. Yeah, Little really Alito, Texas. Yeah. That's amazing. So anyway, they've got a lot of documentation with them, and I think that this is gonna bless you. I wanna encourage you that you know it's gonna take some effort. FOR YOU TO uh, LISTEN TO ALL OF THESE PROGRAMS AND TO GET ALL OF THE INFORMATION. SO WE'VE GOT PRODUCT THAT I'M OFFERING ON EITHER CD OR DVD THAT ACTUALLY HAS uh, THREE TELEVISION INTERVIEWS THAT I'VE DONE WITH DAVID. THE FIRST ONE WAS IN 2009 AND THEN 2013. AND THEN, OF COURSE, WE'RE GOING TO BE DOING THIS ONE IN 2020. AND uh, YOU CAN GET THIS AND IT'LL HAVE ALL OF THOSE INTERVIEWS, SIX uh, DVDs IN HERE, OR WE'RE GOING TO SEND YOU TO DAVID'S uh, WEBSITE, WALL BUILDERS. will HAVE THAT INFORMATION UP ON THE SCREEN. AND YOU CAN GET JUST THIS TEACHING THAT WE HAVE ON uh, BLACK HISTORY MONTH. BUT IT'S GOING TO BE AWESOME. Do, DO WE NEED TO POINT OUT WE'RE NOT BLACK? Uh, I I think it's pretty obvious. obvious? I think that was
1: evident for everybody watching right now. So let me
3: ask, what's three white guys doing talking about uh, Black History Month?
1: Well, mentioning that we have a very large history collection, we've done a lot with American history, going back to original sources and documents, where we just know very few stories of American history in general. Um, In fact, if you ask most people to tell you a story about George Washington, they would tell you about him chopping down a cherry tree, which is not even a real story, right? (laughs) That was a fictitious story. We just don't know history anymore. And so in in our effort to learn history, we have found so many amazing things, not just from the founding fathers, but from so many incredible black heroes of America that we've just not heard of. And so what we try to do is just say, hey, look at some of the things we found on the table in front of us. We have dozens and dozens of things. We're just trying to show people some of what we found, not because we claim to be any kind of experts in this, but It's things that from original documents, these are things we found that are pretty incredible. It really is kind of fun too because, uh, you know, I didn't choose to be born in this country. This is where
2: God put me through my parents and I whatever, I'm here. I'm an American. Black folks are Americans too, and they're my heroes. I, I love American heroes. I don't care whether they're men, whether they're women, whether they're black, white, whether they're Native American. If they did something good, see, I look at the Bible and we got all these heroes in the Bible in Hebrews 11. I don't think any more Americans, but I can learn from all of them. So it's not not like you were
3: researching black history. You just were, as you researched American history, that's definitely a big part of our history.
1: It it really is. In fact, um, one of the easy guys to point to as someone who was a very notable, influential person today, we haven't heard much of is a guy named Harry Hoosier. And Harry Hoosier grew up uh, in a slave family. He got his freedom at the end of the American Revolution, and then he in the course of his life ends up hearing a gospel minister preaching, and he converts to Christianity, actually. Now, think, how did
3: he get his freedom? You said at the end of the American Revolution?
1: So his master set him free, And so there's actually very few details known. Harry Hoosier could not read or write. And so there's not a lot of written records. So a lot of this is pieced together from what historians have found and assessed. So they know at one point he was a slave, he was uh, the son of slaves, but they know he got his freedom at the American Revolution. And at the American Revolution, there were, and, and this is a picture of him by the way, but there were many founding fathers who had slaves and through the course of the revolution actually freed their slaves. And it's something that John Jay, who was a Supreme Court justice, who was an author of the Federalist Papers, he said that there was an epiphany he had that as he was fighting for freedom, it seemed wrong that he would keep slaves if he didn't wanna be enslaved to the king, why would he have slaves? And so it changed his whole philosophy where he became anti-slavery. There were many founding fathers that took that position. Well, let me, let me throw a story
2: in right here as we get the Hoosier, because if you look at the picture of George Washington crossing the Delaware, there's actually a very prominent black face there with Washington Cross in Delaware. A, a now, I've seen that in your museum. You That's have right. A picture we have that this, picture. Right? And so Prince Whipple is that guy. And Prince Whipple was actually the slave of William Whipple, who signed the Declaration of Independence. George Washington made William Whipple a general, and he says to his slave Prince, Come on, let's go fight. And, and so as they take off now, and, and you have to kind of understand slavery is a bad deal. It, it's wrong. Biblically, it's wrong. There's... Interesting aspects between plantation slavery and household slavery. If you're a household slave, you're kind of like part of the family. And so General Whipple said to Prince, Come on, let's go fight for freedom. And Prince looked at him and said, You know, I could fight for freedom a whole lot better if I'm fighting for my own freedom. (laughs) And
3: makes sense. General said, You're right. You're free. I MEAN, JUST THAT QUICK. IT HAD NEVER crossed HIS you MIND. A QUESTION. I, I'VE ASKED YOU IN THE PAST ABOUT uh, SOME PEOPLE CRITICIZING uh, JEFFERSON, WASHINGTON FOR OWNING SLAVES, AND IF THESE TRULY WERE GODLY MEN, THEN HOW COME THEY HAD SLAVES? AND YOU CORRECT ME IF I'M WRONG, BUT what, DIDN'T THEY PETITION WHEN THEY WERE UNDER COLONIAL RULE TO END SLAVERY? Well, AND let, IT WAS THE RULE OF THE DAY, AND THEY COULDN'T LET, uh, let ME KIND OF BACK
2: slavery. UP AND, and SET the, THE PICTURE, KIND OF THE 30,000-FOOT VIEW. Because what happened was as the Great Awakening goes in 1730 through 1770, the spiritual revival hits America. People start getting back to the Bible, getting His Word. They're less secular. They start thinking biblically. And suddenly you start seeing an abolition movement arise at the same time. And so out of a lot of the preachers, this is wrong. God created all men equal. Uh, You had John Wise all the way in, in New England, actually Massachusetts area back in the 1680s saying, all men are created equal, and he's endowed us all with inalienable rights. Language later used in the Declaration came from a preacher, so you have abolitionism going, but it really kind of moves forward quickly in in that revival. And so, a great example is uh, one of the, the great black heroes that some people do know about, the Reverend Richard Allen. He was the first; uh, the, he founded the first black denomination, AME denomination. But he was a slave on a plantation in Maryland. And there were a lot of Methodist preachers coming through in the Great Awakening, preaching that's everywhere. That's picture right on top That's right. right. There. This is a good, good call. That's Richard Allen right there. And he was a slave on a plantation and uh, a, a preacher came through and preached to the slaves. He ends up becoming a Christian. He
1: gets saved, becomes a Christian. As a teenager, here's the gospel, passionate about it, Once And actually, the the master was allowing some of the slaves to go to Sunday school, to go to church. But so long as they didn't protest their position, well, Richard Allen goes and gets saved. But one of the things he told the other slaves on the plantation is, the best witness we could have to our master is not to fight him, but let's show him what a true Christian would do. So he begins, and this is from his own writings, he begins exemplifying how you can work hard and be a Christian and, Obviously, that's not a condition you want to be in as a slave. Nonetheless, his master sees and gets impressed and goes, Okay, so why are you doing all this? It doesn't make sense. Richard Allen begins to share the gospel with his master. His master gets saved.
3: You know, this is exactly what Ephesians 6 says. Yes. You servants don't don't serve yeah. them just yeah. with eye service, but be a witness. Yeah. Well, and that's what he did. When
1: when the master gets saved, he then is convicted that. I shouldn't have slaves. So he said, okay, guys, here's what I'll do. Everybody, you can buy your own freedom. And so he, you know, gave him a price. So maybe you had to work for the summer, work for the year, whatever for him as kind of, you know, the closing out of, of their season as a slave, more or less. Well, they all got their freedom. Well, Richard Allen goes on and decides he wants to continue to share the gospel, does become a gospel minister, and is the founder of the AME Church in America. Ends up
2: in Philadelphia being a black preacher, preaching up to 2,000 white folks at a time. I mean, he preached in white churches, black churches. He preached in mixed churches. And that was that Great Awakening time. There's another guy named Robert Carter, probably the wealthiest guy in Virginia. And he becomes a Christian in the Great Awakening, and he owns 700 slaves. And he goes, oh my gosh, what am I doing with slaves? He freed all 700 slaves. Now, the Great Awakening was what time? 1730 to 1770. So that, that tone's going on, and you're getting this movement for freedom growing in America. And so in 1773, Rhode Island passes an anti-slavery law. Now, they're British colony. 1774, you have uh, Pennsylvania and Connecticut and Massachusetts that pass anti-slavery laws. And in 1774, King George III said, no, you won't. YOU'RE PART OF THE BRITISH EMPIRE. WE HAVE SLAVERY. YOU'RE GOING TO HAVE SLAVERY. HE VETOED EVERY
3: ANTI-SLAVERY LAW. NOW, IS IT ACCURATE TO SAY THAT EVERY NATION ON THE EARTH AT THAT TIME HAD SLAVERY? TO OUR KNOWLEDGE, WE HAVE NOT SEEN A NATION THAT DID NOT HAVE
2: SLAVERY. EVEN THE Scandinavian NATIONS HAD VERY LITTLE, BUT THEY HAD SLAVERY. EVEN THE INDIANS HAD uh, SLAVERY. WELL, YOU GET TO THE INDIANS, THAT'S A DIFFERENT STORY BECAUSE NATIVE AMERICANS HAD THE HIGHEST PERCENTAGE OF SLAVES OF ANY GROUP. THEY DIDN'T HAVE THE HIGHEST NUMBER BECAUSE THEY WERE SMALLER GROUPS. BUT BY PERCENTAGE OF THEIR POPULATION, HIGHER PERCENTAGE WERE SLAVES.
3: YOU KNOW, I HAD uh, ALEX MCFARLAND ON MY PROGRAM, AND Mm -hmm. I INTERVIEWED HIM. AND IN THE PROCESS OF TALKING ABOUT SOME THINGS, WE JUST MADE SOME STATEMENTS ABOUT OUR FOUNDING FATHERS WERE GODLY MEN. And I had a lot of people criticize me and just say that they own slaves. They are therefore all ungodly men. They just paint with a broad stroke. Here's the rest of that
2: story because in 1774, the king vetoes the anti-slavery laws. That's when Benjamin Franklin and Benjamin Rush, two signers of the Declaration, start the first abolition society it is an act of civil disobedience against the king. He said, we can't, watch us. we're going to. And so from Benjamin Rush, he becomes a national leader of the abolition movement. The problem we have, and I was at a, a historic black university, really cool school, really sharp kids, loved being there. And I put up the picture of the signers of the declaration. I said, you know, it really is unfortunate that, that our founding fathers were a bunch of racists and bigots and slave owners and they founded us. And Everybody's nodding their head. And I said, by the way, Look at this these faces here all these 56 which one of these guys own slaves Thomas Jefferson owned slaves great Give me another one. They couldn't give me a second one said now. Let me see if I get this right all 56 are racist slave the biggest because you know one that owns slaves and we can go through and show others and of the ones that have documentation the ones where we know their position some didn't take a position the ones where we know their position three out of four were against slavery freed their slaves. When, they, when we separated from the British, we could do that. When we separated in 1776, mm-hmm. some of those states went back and passed their anti-slavery laws again, because now we could. So three out of four are in that category that have records of we're not.
1: Well, and this is where even you have guys like Benjamin Franklin, who is a certainly famous name in American history. I don't know any historian that considers him a racist, yeah. but he had slaves. How do you have slaves and you're not a racist? Well, because he freed his slaves and he's one of the founding fathers that helped start the first abolition society there in Pennsylvania. But, but to your point, there were many founding fathers that were against this. And even Jefferson, in the original draft of the declaration, one of the grievances was the king will not allow us to end slavery in these said states. And there were some states who said, wait a second, we're not really trying to end slavery, because even though there were founding fathers who were anti-slavery, there were several founding fathers who were pro-slavery and, and as well. And they tended
2: to come from, from Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. They tend to be very pro-slavery founding fathers and very pro-slavery. So is it
3: accurate to say that the pro-slavery people were necessary for the revolution? They didn't think they could accomplish it without for them. For sure. And so this was they, a compromise on the but, but anti-slavery they, people. It,
1: go ahead. They had to unite. One of the things that, that John Hancock was credited with saying is that the, we will only do what everybody agrees on and this is where i think franklin had the, the funny adage that surely we must all hang together or we'll all hang separately yeah. right we have to do this together so john hancock said we're only going to put in here what everybody agrees on and so there was some contention and debate even over and by the way this- that's
2: why the declaration says it's the unanimous declaration of 13 united states of america because they hancock understood If 11 of us believe this and two of the others, the British will go pick these two off and and we'll get divided. So we're only putting in the Declaration what we all agree on. And in Jefferson's original draft, the longest clause in the Declaration is the clause condemning the slave trade. He said, sadly, it was taken out because three states objected to it. So you had 10 states that didn't, three states Mm -hmm. that did. That's why it's not there. But he's the one who wrote it in. And that seems oxymoronic because Jefferson owned slaves.
1: Well, and, and let me even back up to your larger point when, you know, if you make a statement that a lot of the founding fathers were godly guys, people go, wait a second, godly guys couldn't have made that mistake. It's such, it really is kind of a naive and a little foolish statement, because the reality is what Paul wrote is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if we look historically and say, well, if this person did something wrong, they couldn't have been a good person. Have we not read hebrews 11 every individual in the faith hall of fame was a messed up person in fact what i tell people is anytime you study an individual you study a people group you study a nation your starting place ought to be that they're jacked up and need jesus but what we should really look at is not just their jacked up moments although we can acknowledge they had some of those what we ought to say is okay but what's the cooler part of the story is how god uses jacked up people to do something incredible And that's the story of the founding fathers. They were not all really, really good guys. Now, there were many very honorable, very godly founding fathers. There were a lot of really good ones. Most people don't know those names, so we don't know that. But even with the really good ones, right? I mean, King David, he's a man after God's own heart. He's an amazing warrior and worshiper. He's also arguably the worst father in the Bible, yeah. right? When you look at, at <laughs> Anaheim, Absalom. An well, yeah, and then we haven't even gotten to the fact that he's the adulterer
2: One son murderer. rapes his daughter. One yeah. son leads a rebellion against him. One son, he never told no, never told him no. I mean, he's just not a good father.
3: Well, let me also say this, that all of these founding fathers were born into a world Correct. that they didn't create. See,
2: now, now, here's the bigger perspective, too, because at that time... Throughout history, there is not a people group at all that has not one time been in slavery, one time owned slaves.
3: That's just And it. the way they conquered territory to enslave or kill or eradicate. Now, US, the way it was done. We look
2: at, at history today, and what happens is the way we teach it in school, we have so polarized it, so simplified it is not real. But let, let's, let's take just the African slave trade, because we study that, and we know that in the three and a half centuries, 12.7 million AFRICANS WERE INVOLUNTARILY BROUGHT
3: OUT OF AFRICA INTO SLAVERY. 12.7 MILLION. SHOULDN'T HAVE HAPPENED. IT DID. AND BY THE WAY, LET ME JUST INTERJECT THAT IT WAS THE ARABS, THE TURKS THAT STARTED THE SLAVE well, TRADE. WELL, IT WAS
2: black, in, BLACK CHIEFTAIN, BLACK AFRICAN CHIEFTAINS who used to kill their black enemies, who said, well, instead of killing them, I think I'll sell them to these Muslims. And Muslims became the slave traders. So it was blacks selling blacks that rather than kill you, I'll just sell you
1: because I can make money. And then the slave trade begins. Right, so in, in the conquest era, the only two options are you either kill people or enslave them. So this was very, very common. But then when some of these chieftains found out we can make money, by conquering some of these people and selling them, that's when it became really the slave trade that the North Atlantic slave trade became because there was profit now in conquering, kidnapping other people and selling them into bondage. Well, there's no doubt this is an evil across humanity, but we just don't know much of the story. So when you put that story into
2: perspective, all right, 12.7 million, and the way we teach American history today, 12.7 million made to America. No, That would
1: be the assumption, at least, based on what we hear today.
2: The way way we teach it today is America is responsible for the the African slave trade. 47% of those Africans went to Brazil and went to Portugal. 26% went to Great Britain, not America. 11% went to France. 10% went to Jamaica and so on. All those countries tend to get a pass today. America got 2.3% of the slaves that came out of Man, Africa. I, that is
3: radical. And I bet you that there's not very many people watching this that have ever heard this no, before. No, but even though, Because we made an issue out of slavery, correct. so therefore right. we are stamped and, we should. and identified right. with slavery when the truth is that we probably were one of the well, lesser. Here, here's the other part
2: is we are the second nation in the world to end slavery, America. We are the first nation in the world to ban the slave trade And we are the only nation in the world where whites fought a war against whites to free blacks, and blacks were freed as a result. So we may have been late to the party. 1865 is when we finally banned slavery. Check how many other nations in 1865 had banned slavery. We're second. Well, I guess you could say we're third. Mexico banned slavery before we did, but Mexico said we banned slavery, but all of you can own slaves for another 99 years. Well, you can indenture
1: all your former slaves and make them servants for 99 years. So you get to own them until they all die. So they hadn't really. So this,
3: I'm sure, is offensive to a lot of people that have just embraced the fact that this nation was founded on racism and slavery and things like this. And they paint all of these people with this broad stroke. Let me go back to a statement I made that they were born into this world. That's right. They didn't create it. And and you correct me if I'm wrong because you're the experts, but I think George Washington got his first slave when he was just like 10 or he was real uh, young. He was
2: 12 and 13. And, right. and most of these guys inherited them. And here's, here's the complication of Washington and Jefferson. They lived in a really weird state of Virginia. And I say weird for slave laws because Jefferson tried to free his slaves and by state law was stopped every time. Jefferson introduced anti-slavery laws in the state legislature and was voted down. Jefferson introduced the first national anti-slavery law and it lost by one vote. Seventeen eighty-four, lost by one vote. Jefferson, when he becomes president, sends Baptist preachers and other preachers into the territory. Says, "Do not let slavery get started in the Indiana Territory, the Illinois Territory." Jefferson is anti-slavery throughout his life, but he owned owned those two hundred and some odd slaves. And he was not allowed to free them. There's a couple things going on. What's called a dowry slave is a slave that the wife inherits. By Virginia law, you can never, ever, ever free a dowry slave. They have to go from generation to generation. Which is generation. why George
1: Washington, on his death, freed his slaves, couldn't not free Martha's slaves. Couldn't
2: free Martha's. Because you wow. can only free
1: the ones you have, not your wife's slaves. And
2: at, in 1782, after we fought the American Revolution, they said, maybe we need to think freedom, rethink freedom. And so they allowed you to free slaves on your death, which is what George Washington did in seventeen ninety-nine. But then they came back and said, Now that, this is after the, revolution, after the revolution
3: and the US still had some of these slavery. Still had a lot.
2: It it was not banned. Now what happened, by 1804, every northern state had banned slavery by 1804. Southern states hadn't, and Virginia is the middle state between the the free states and the slave states. And, And so when Washington you know, freed his slaves, 1799. The legislature came back and said, what were we thinking? That's a bad idea. You can't free slaves. So Jefferson is back on the thing of not being able to free his slaves even on his death. So it's a really, you know, and to use Jefferson and and Washington as the only two examples when you have about 250 founding fathers, And there's so many that were abolitionists, so many that led abolition movements, so many that just pioneered black-white relations in a very positive way. Well, I'll
1: go even further with Jefferson because let's say that he really was kind of bad on these areas because on surface level, it looks really, really bad. God still used him to write a document that says all men are created equal. When the abolition movement started... Guess what document they cited and what line they cited from that document? The Declaration of Independence saying that all men are equal. Frederick Douglass praised Jefferson for saying what he said, what what all of us should have known all along is that we are all equal. And Frederick Douglass praised Jefferson.
3: He said statement. He said, I learned the equality of races from Thomas Jefferson. I tell you, we had an awesome interview with David and Tim Barton today, and it's going to continue all week long. AND THEN DAVID IS GOING TO STAY WITH ME ANOTHER WEEK, AND WE'VE RECORDED ALL OF THIS AND PUT IT INTO THIS ALBUM. THIS ACTUALLY CONTAINS NOT ONLY THE TWO WEEKS INTERVIEW THAT I'M DOING HERE DURING BLACK HISTORY MONTH, BUT I ALSO INTERVIEWED DAVID BARTON in, IN 2009, AND THEN AGAIN FOR TWO WEEKS IN 2013. SO YOU'VE GOT A TOTAL OF SIX WEEKS OF INTERVIEW WITH THEM TALKING ABOUT history and a godly perspective on it, this is a great thing. I encourage you to get it. Listen to our announcer as he gives you more information about how you can receive this teaching on God and country.
0: Today, you saw a portion of Andrew's interview discussing Black History Month and the role black Americans have played in America's history. This entire interview is available as part of the God and Country album, which also includes previous interviews with David Barton discussing America's godly heritage. God and Country is available in either a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.
3: I tell you, I'm excited. God is going to do something special during these meetings.
4: I am enjoying this conference so much, I literally cannot wipe the smile off my face.
3: Seeing
1: Andrew is great, and being able to meet him is awesome. He speaks into your life like no one I know. I mean, he makes the Word come alive. Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's Word and truth. It is the gospel truth.
4: Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College allows us to provide free conferences where people are getting set free. People like Selena Brown. Not knowing her identity and worth, Selena fell into bad relationships which resulted in her appearing in England's tabloids for having six children before the age of 20. Depressed, suicidal, and addicted to drugs, Selena found out through Facebook about Andrew's free Grace and Faith Conference and decided to attend.
0: I was just completely set free from everything. Everything that was
2: drug addiction and being wanting to kill myself, being depressed.
0: All of that just left instantly.
4: Today, Selena's life looks nothing like it used to. To see Selena's full grace encounter, visit awmi.net today.
3: You know, I've got great news for those of you who've been wanting to partake of Karis, but you just can't move. You can't seem to uh, find how to fit it into your schedule. We now have what we call eKaris on this little iPad, and you get all of the first-year courses here. There's 39 courses, eight hours teaching per course. So that, I think, is 312 hours worth of teaching. It's loaded on here so that you don't have to have an internet connection. It comes with headphones, wireless headphones. And this way, you can take advantage of the first year of Keras curriculum, whatever your situation is. And you can interact with our staff. You take tests. They know where you are in this process. It's just a great way to take advantage of it. Check it out, eKeras.
4: Experience Karis Bible College during our Campus Days event in Woodland Park, Colorado. Enjoy the teachings, meet the instructors, and find God's purpose for your life. Learn more at karisbiblecollege.org.
3: Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I just would like to encourage you to help us get the gospel out through social media.
4: By joining us on Facebook, you will receive exclusive content, like Andrew's weekly Tuesday Night Live Bible Study, teachings, live streams, and Q&A sessions with Andrew.
3: So we would like to see you like our Facebook page to share it with other people, and you be a minister of the gospel by sharing this with someone else.